Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, fellow Flat Earthers. Gail Kruger here from The Flat Truth. Um, well, Lauren. Grace Thompson here. The the voice actor that plays Gail. I should have led with that. Too late. Hi! While you may know me from this show here, what you may not know is that I also have an audio drama of my own, which the Good Point team have been awesome enough to share on the feed today. Fox and Stallion is a brand new Victorian mystery comedy about the best detective team on Baker Street. I know what you're thinking, but um, not that one. The other one? Uh, across the street, Slightly to the left, at 224 B. Baker Street. They've been waiting for their chance to get out of the shadow of Holmes and Watson for five long years. And who knows? Maybe their chance comes today. If you like the episode you hear today, find us on our own feed wherever you listen to this show, or on our website, 224bbaker.com, or on all socials, at 224bbaker. We hope you enjoy. Oh, and because I contractually have to say this, don't forget to like and subscribe. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. People argue over the origin of the word excitement. Some say it comes from the Latin exciter. Some say the old French exciter. As for me, I can't tell the difference. But all this is to say that here, here in London, excitement means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Hello? I do say, is anyone there? Hmm. For instance, for some, excitement might mean a night at the theater, over-expensive cocktails, and three hours of singing or screaming you pretend to understand to sound smart at a dinner party. But for others, well, let's just say some people have to make their own theater. Well, well, well. What have we here? Sir, before you do anything you regret, I can assure you this stole is not real mink. Well, then I guess it's a good thing I ain't interested in your mink, isn't it? Because any respectable street thief could tell you that purse is an original H.J. Cave. Please, my husband got it for me, as a gift. Small fellow, he is. See, I was a buckle man, all about the buckles. And it seems to me, if you pair in a fake mink with that kind of legitimate craftsmanship, you don't deserve it in the first place, savvy? You certainly know your minks. And my buckles. Now, what's it gonna be, love? I think... Ah! 
Thanks for the purse. I assure you, it'll have a much better Oh! Not so fast, Mr. Chatsworth. I'm afraid your luxury purse pilchering days have come to an unfashionably soggy end. Ah, oh, my fucking nose! No need for that much salt in your language, Mr. Chatsworth. Your tenure as the Piccadilly Purse Pilcher has gone on unobstructed for well over a month now. And you'll have to forgive me if I lack the requisite sympathy. Jerry? Jerry, oh my god, are you okay? No, Mildred, I'm bloody well not! This blasted idiot came out of nowhere with his size sevens and dashed me right into a goddamn puddle! What man? Him? Yes, Mildred, him. The Sherlock Holmes impersonator there who's been talking to himself about the origin of the word excitement. I'm sorry, you heard that? Never mind, I'm afraid I'm lost. This man was very clearly... I knew this was going to happen. You tried to have a one-night-out committing consensual fashion crimes, and some Samaritan comes along and poof! Ruined! My purse, please. All right, yes. I think I see now that I misread this situation, but... Do you want me to at least lay out my deduction as to how I was led to that conclusion? Here, I'll just start. For starters... <clears throat> Police! Help! My husband and I are being mugged by an idiot! Wait, no! I'll never understand how it can be so cold outside, but in Scotland Yard it's a bloody furnace. You'd think I'd know by now, and yet... Well, well, Detective Fawkes. You look like shit. Well, 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 James Stallion, you are a sight for sore eyes. Not one for the Strand, I take it. Fox and Stallion by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. Part One, the case of the best case scenario. I supposed to know thief and aristocrat roleplay was a trend now? If you'd just subscribed to the standard like I keep telling you to, you'd have seen a pretty substantial spread on it in Tuesday's edition. And I've told you I only subscribe to the Times. The standard's just celebrity gossip and articles about the Queen's favorite waterfowl. The red-breasted maganza. Not my cup of tea. Not the Queen's either. Coffee drinker. Caffeine free. You'd know that too if you subscribe to the standard. God forbid I miss such a breakthrough. Must be the trade-off for the amount of role-playing coverage they find room for. Regardless, this is actually good news, James. I won't deny it's an exciting concept. No. Well, I guess, hypothetically. But no! The Piccadilly Purse Pilcher is still at large. And now, we'll have a better idea of what not to look for. I'll strive to be sensitive to the chemistry of the next thief and victim we encounter, Detective. Thank you, Detective. Your ascot's crooked. It most certainly is not. This, my friend, is called roguishly askew. Ah, there you are! Ah, Archie! I didn't know you were on tonight. That is Inspector Cartwright to you. Right, I forgot. It's Inspector Cartwright now. By the way, love the moustache. It's bold, and it's working on you very stately. You absolute fucking idiots! Whoa! I'm sorry, you know I can't show you any favoritism on my first day after the promotion. It looks suspicious. Now, 
I'm going to say some more things that I don't fully mean, but I need you to act at least moderately cowed. Got it? Oh, you mean like role-playing. I'm... I'm sorry? We've got got it. it. Good. Now, you absolute buffoons! Where do you think you're going without following proper checkout procedures? (laughs) Needless to say, I am terrified and extremely penitent. Thank you. Now come with me because I actually do need to properly check you out. You certainly do. I know the drill. So, Inspector, still on for the opera tomorrow? Yes. Matinee, balcony seats, home in time for an early dinner. Lovely. Salmon again? I love you dearly. And you'd better not forget it! Now, James, Hampton, always a delight. Please never let me find you here again. You know I can't make that promise. Inspector. Right. Sorry, Inspector. Piss off! I'm sorry. I think that went well. He really likes you. Good. Uh, I worry sometimes. Uh, So, James, what do you say to another turn about the circus to find the real person? Call it, boys. 32 days at large. Who had 32? They do. Right here. Good on ya. All right, boys, don't forget to pay Shinwell here by the end of the night. Uh, so, sorry, who was that? What's going on? Oi! You don't just walk up to an officer like that. I don't care how short you are. I could have not sticked your knees into your bum and out the other end. What, are you mental? No? Inspector Lestrade has apprehended the Piccadilly Purse Pilcher! Oh, come on! Well... At least it was just Lestrade this time and not... Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! On second thought, flat? Let them hear you in solitary, boys! Hooray! Flat. Good old 224B Baker Street. Hello, Ambrosius. Hello, Ambrosius. The Borough Street Burglar? Solved. The Waterloo Waste Wiper? Solved. And the Piccadilly Purse Pilcher? Solved. By Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Again. Oh, come off it, Hampton. That's only three. You have... So many more unsolved cases up there. I assume you mean this one case that's left? The golem? The one that hasn't struck in weeks? Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. Uh, tea? Gin? I'm so glad you said gin. But only one. Then a good night's sleep and we're back at it tomorrow. Cheers. But why did you have to tell Archie you liked the moustache? I'm in the midst of a three-month campaign to whittle down his faith in it, lovingly, of course, and you ruin it on what could very well have been shaving day. It was just my opinion. Am I not allowed to have my opinion? Of course you're allowed to have it, but not when it interferes with mine. No, that's not true. That's not how democracy works. We live in a constitutional monarchy, Hampton. Do they not teach you that in the Times either? Fine, you're right. By the way, should we be sparring after this many gins? Never stopped us before. Which reminds me, gin break! Gin break! I'm amazed we've had so much of this, and I feel fine. Ooh. Any good detective must train himself to be in a state of readiness at all times. 
Do you know who said that? Uh, Sherlock Holmes? No! Now, listen to this, because I need you to hear it. Fuck that guy. That quote was from me. All right, but honestly, I'm not even mad anymore. You're not? No. In fact, I think there are benefits to what happened today. Benefits to having every case you've worked on snatched out from under you? Certainly, James. For every case solved, I must look at the larger social good, and that's that there's one less crime in the world. How benevolent of you. But you're a terrible liar. And now you must pay for Ambrosius! It's not a lie to see the bigger picture. If anything, it's freeing. So you feel good? I feel great. Ah! The face is not an accepted target in the sparring rules of Ambrosius. Sorry, mate. Just looking out for the larger social good. And that's seven for seven. Me. Go for an eight. I can't fucking believe what just happened to me. Hello, Madge. Morning, Madge. Dickheads. Hampton, do you hear what she just called you? I was just about to ask you the same thing. Is no one going to ask me about my morning? I don't know how to get your attention any more clearly. Apologies. How was your night, Madge? It's noon. It is. Makes sense. It does? Apologies, Madge. How was your morning? Fucking miserable. Oh, no. The fucking asshole stood me up. Again? Ooh. Oh, no. I- I'm so sorry, Madge. You're a terrible liar. Told you. Excuse me for trying to show support. Well, next time, instead of trying, maybe you could just support. Duly noted, Madge. Tea? Love some. Thank you. All right. Uh, does anyone know where we keep the cattle? Good God, Hampton. You live here too. Take an interest. He's underway. At least someone around here was born with manners. Now, I believe you were talking about fucking assholes standing up. <gasps> the language that you would dare use in front of a woman. In front of my own wife, no less. Ta, it's Martha. She stood me up. No! Unbelievable! Oh, Oh, no! Yes! We had a date to go to the farmer's market today, and when I show up to her flat to pick her up... She wasn't there? That's brutal. Yes, Hampton, it wasn't fun. Their flat was emptier than my marriage vows. Love you too. Wait, so Holmes and Watson aren't there either? What crime could they possibly be solving? There was nothing in the Times this morning. (gasps) Unless... Hold on. So this was like a date date? Oh god, you're not getting back together, are you? Well, not if she can't figure her shit out. It's maddening. And the worst part is, she didn't leave a note. She used to love leaving notes, you know, because she hates hates confrontation. confrontation. That's why we were so perfect. Maybe she did. What? You just said Martha loves leaving notes because she hates hates confrontation. confrontation. And I know that may sound like a criticism, and I guess it is, but... Well... Maybe she did. Maybe it's just in the flat. Why wouldn't she just put it in our mail slot like a normal person? Because you just said yourself, Martha isn't a normal person. Uh, Ain't that the truth. So, what if we just pop over and see? You want to break into my ex's flat to see if she left a note explaining why she stood me up? Yes, because... I believe in love. You want to see if Sherlock Holmes is going to snake your golem case, don't you? No. T for three. What are we talking about? 
Hampton says he wants to see if Martha left me a note by breaking into her flat, but really, he's just trying to snoop on Sherlock Holmes. Like a bitch. Sounds fantastic. I have nothing else going on today. We're not going to break in. We're just going to check and see if anyone's home. If it's empty, we'll head straight back. Locked. Oh, check the window. It may be open. You really think Sherlock Holmes leaves his windows unlocked? Exactly. It's almost too stupid not to try. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck. I can't believe that worked. After you. All right, Hampton, this is a quick in and out job. I'm sure you're unfamiliar. I'll take east, you take west, James upstairs. There's a secret games room behind the mahogany bookcase. Just pull the copy of King Solomon's Mines. He thinks it's funny. I know. I must say, Madge, I'm surprised how gung-ho you are about this. I have my reservations, but now that we're here, let's just fucking do this. (gasps) James, look! You found it? Journals. Sherlock Holmes's journals. It... It makes so much sense. Oh, what's it say? Have we completely given up on the in and out? Oh my god. What? What? Is it about the Golem murders? It's indecipherable. What, like a code? No, cursive. But still. Aha! Found it! What? What? The... Seriously, the note. The note that Martha left. The reason that we... Ah, right. Right. That's great. So... No golem evidence. Fantastic. So, she did leave one. Unbelievable. I'm sorry, dear. Me too. I got carried away investigating. Snooping is more like it. Call it whatever you like, but I can't just turn off my investigatorial instincts like any other civilian. Oh, so they've been in the on position this whole time. Let's focus on the positives here. Martha left you a note. Exactly. She left me a note. Like I'm a goddamn carrier pigeon. No, James is right. It could have been worse. Remember when we thought she left you nothing at all? Actually, you're right. This was quite considerate of her. Maybe I shouldn't give up on her just yet. Well, we're not saying that. What's that supposed to mean? I think what Hampton is trying to say is that it still may not be the best fit. She drives you up the walls. She cancels plans at a moment's notice. She loves Earl Grey. Don't forget why you broke up with her in the first place. And I've been wrong before. Maybe I am now. In which direction? I don't know. What does the note say? Maybe I can deduce some clues as to their whereabouts or her feelings uh, through her diction or punctuation. Is that right? When's the last time you deduced a girl's feelings through her diction and punctuation? Give me the note. To Madge. I mean, great stuff. James, you read it. Hey. Sorry, I have some bad news. I completely forgot, but the boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend, which gives me the time to get out of the city and see my son. I know it's not convenient, but can we reschedule for when I'm back? I promise I'm not trying to do that thing where I don't tell you in person to avoid your reaction to bad news. Also... Sorry you had to break in to get this. I completely forgot. I could have just run it across the street. Oh well. Next time. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. Huh, I didn't know she had a son. For the best. He's a little twat, if you know what I mean. How old is he? I don't know. Six. Twenty-four. Oh my god. Did you hear that? What? Did she say she loves me? 
Sherlock Holmes and John Watson are on holiday. Pretty sure she said they're on a case, but... Right, like they've solved everything in London, so now they get to travel for work. Have you ever been to Dartmoor in the summer? God, no, I hate the country. It won't change your mind. Right, sure, whatever, but do you know what this means? Honestly, if it has nothing to do with Martha and me, I'm checking out. It means that for the whole weekend, we don't have any competition. Our ticket has finally come in. The understudies have finally been called up from the basement. London's number two detective team just became number one. Which metaphor did you want me to go with here? We actually, finally, have the chance to solve a real mystery in this city without all our hard work being undone in the final hour by Holmes and Watson. This is the biggest opportunity we've ever gotten. Are you seriously saying that me getting stood up is the best career opportunity you've ever gotten? Right. Well, I can see how you would take it that way, but... Oh, I can't wait to see you try to spin this. Hampton, before you dig a deeper hole for yourself, what cases are there even left to solve? There was nothing in this morning's edition of The Standard. I don't read The Standard. Or The Times. That's two whole papers. Maybe you can finally find your precious golem and get that garish map off my wall. Yes, yes. If the golem strikes this weekend, then we're up. And even if he doesn't, we live in a big city. I'm sure we can find something to solve before the day is out. Here, we'll make it simple. The next case that presents itself is the case that we solve. (laughs) Don't answer that. Why not? Maybe it's a mystery. She has a point. We broke in. It was your idea to break in. Which is exactly why I don't want someone confronting me about it. Hello? I can hear you in there. It's muffled, but it's definitely voices. Well, sounds like the game's up. Well, at least she didn't hear. Don't answer. We are in the home of a celebrity now. (gasps) It could be the standard. Yes, exactly. How do we know she's even here to see Holmes and Watson? Is this the home of Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson? Fair bet. But she could be here for any number of reasons. She could be delivering milk for all we know. I'm decently sure that's not it. Who's the detective here? As we've just been reminded, Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. I have a case for you to solve. (laughs) Oh, she said it. Do you hear that, James? She has a case. This is destiny. This changes everything. I truly cannot keep up with this. I'm resolved. No matter what this young, desperate woman asks us to solve, we will do it. Or die trying. Oh, thank God you answered. I... Sorry. You're not... Detectives? Oh, rest assured, weary client, we are. Whatever case you have, large or small, we are more than capable of handling it. Right. I assume you have experience with robberies? We most certainly do. We do? We do! Right. Well, these jewels have been stolen, you see. A jewel heist, even better. Fantastic. A jewel heist. Uh, Do pardon, miss. Excuse us. Just a moment. Hampton, we have never solved a jewel heist before. We've never solved any heist before. I know that, and I know that, but think about it. This is the best possible scenario for our first big case. Jewels mean wealthy people. Wealthy people means high profile. High profile means mass exposure in the Times and the Standard. Then we're set as the new bad boys of Baker Street. Right. 
But what happens when we can't solve it? Are you joking, Madge? They're rich. If we don't solve the case, they'll just carry on being rich. Maybe just a little less so. Which is really a win for all involved, if you think about it. Hey. Present rich company excluded. I don't see a downside here. This is an absolute best case scenario. All right? All right. All right. All right. We're in. Oh, thank God. Because if we don't find out who did this, my mother is going to be hanged. Best case scenario. Fox and Stallion is written and directed by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. This episode was sound designed by Sarah Buczynski and original music was composed by Baldemar. This episode featured Jeremy Thompson as Hampton Fox, Chris Vizaraga as James Stallion, Katie McLean Hainsworth as Madge Stallion, Sean Fouch as Archie Cartwright, Ian Gears as Constable McMurphy, Evan McQuistian as the copper, Lauren Grace Thompson as Sarah, Nicole Knudsen as the woman, and James Ferrero as the man. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at 224BBaker, or on our website, 224BBaker.com. Join us next time for part two, the case of the three-day weekend. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Beyond the Dark. Sub-level 19 was nothing like the other floors at Machinko. There were no alabaster workbenches, no spotless white carpets. Here, it was dank, dark, and that noise... A humming, throbbing sound like a sickly heartbeat hiding behind the whir of a great machine. A large metal cage loomed out of the darkness, backlit by an iridescent blue monitor, on which a cursor blinked idly. A metal panel slid out of an aperture in the cage near the monitor, and suddenly the cursor came to life. It read... Insert hand here. Beyond the Dark, a sci-fi anthology by Mark R. Healy, creator of The Strata. Find it at beyondthedarkpodcast.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts.